0: that really sums up the Christmas story. Merry Christmas. Um, You know, we're, I'm, I'm always excited about Doing this, I think it's always a lot of fun because we go over this every year, um, and it's easy for the Christmas story to kind of go in one ear and out the other, and we might miss some of the just importance and weight of what it really means. What I mean by that is, here's a, a quote from Charles Spurgeon that I think really sums up the Christmas story. Charles Spurgeon once said, It is a miracle of miracles that the infinite became an infant. That really sums up the Christmas story. The Christmas story of the Savior, the Eternal One, putting on human flesh, entering down, humbling himself and limiting himself, To become our Savior is a story that we've heard over and over again, but the the story still bears as much weight as the first time. It's still just as important, and it's still just as needed in the world. And it's also a story that, as Charles Spurgeon said, it's a miracle of miracles, but it also should not be a surprise. You see... While it is amazing, and it is a miracle, and it is something out of the ordinary, it shouldn't be a surprise. The prophet Isaiah gave us hints of this all throughout his uh, his scroll. You know, in chapter seven, verse fourteen, we quoted it earlier in Matthew one. He wrote, "Therefore, the Lord himself will give a sign." The The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. I hear that over and over again. I even hear it when I watch Charlie Brown. But I don't want to forget its importance. Isaiah pointed this out again just a couple chapters later when he said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. This is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. So it shouldn't be a surprise as much as it is a miracle. But there's more than just prediction and fulfillment. There's also these stories where God was really preparing us for what was going to happen. So I'm going to share with you a little piece of the Old Testament that points to Jesus, maybe you didn't think about. So here's the book I'm going to be reading from, Judges. You see that coming? Judges chapter 13. It starts out like this in the first five verses. Again, the children of Israel did evil, in the sight of the lord and the lord delivered them into the hands of the philistines for 40 years so uh, as of no shock humanity has failed to live up to the standard of god and god's even god's chosen people israel have failed to do so and they get delivered into the hands of the philistines their greatest ancient enemy for 40 years because they have turned their backs on god now there was a certain man from Zora of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now, you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, please be careful not to drink any wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So there's a couple of things I would like to point out here. One, there's a verse in Matthew where it points out that Jesus was meant to be called the Nazarene. And this is likely the only place in the Old Testament where you can see pointed to why. Because Samson was a foreshadower of the Messiah, and Samson took the Nazarite vow. And even though Jesus didn't take the Nazarite vow, he was still called the Nazarene, which is why he lived in Nazareth. Second, what you have here as a foreshadowing of Jesus is a miracle birth that results in the delivery of. From the enemy of God's chosen people. So the birth of Samson and the birth of Jesus share a lot of parallels. And interestingly, as you bookend Samson's life, it's not just the birth of Samson that foreshadows Christ, but his end as well. Let's read chapter 16, verses 23 through 30. Now, this is after Samson had lived a life where he had kind of messed up a lot. And he had even failed God and given up completely every point of the Nazarite vow. And he had been captured and put in jail by the Philistines. And they're ready to mock him. And they're having a feast It says in verse 23 Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, Our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. When the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, and the one who multiplied our dead. So it happened when their hearts were merry when they said, Call for Samson, that he may perform for us. So they called for Samson from the prison, and he performed for them, and they stationed him between two pillars. Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars which support the temple, so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men, and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once. O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars that supported the temple, one on his right hand and the other on his left Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed in his death were more than he had killed in his life. So at the very beginning of Samson's life, what you see is a miracle birth and a child born to deliver God's people from the enemy, which is exactly what you see in the manger Joseph and Mary. The difference is that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And Samson is only a man who has sometimes connection powered to the Holy Spirit. But at the end of Samson's life, he does something interesting. He's called before all of the enemies of God's people. And with his arms stretched out between two pillars, they mock him. They mock him because they had Thought, they defeated him, and as part of the humiliation, they gouged Samson's eyes out, so he was bleeding from his head, and his arms are stretched out, and he asks God to be with him one more time, and with his arms stretched out, he pushes out the pillars of the temple, and the temple falls, and Samson defeats. His his greatest victory, was in his death, where he defeated the enemy. Does that sound familiar? Jesus, with his arms stretched out on the cross, saying, Forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Bleeding from the head from the crown of thorns that was put on him to humiliate him as they mocked him. And then he says, It is finished. He has paid our debt. And he gives up the spirit. And his head hangs. And in that moment, the veil in the temple rips and the Holy Spirit is freed to be with all of us because of Christ's death. And in his death is the greatest victory over the enemy. It reconciles us to God because of the sin of man. That sin was conquered on the cross because God was able to punish it on the cross. And so God has paid our debt if we believe in Jesus and give him Our sin and turn our backs from it and follow him. And so the point is this Christmas season and every Christmas season as we celebrate the birth of Christ, the miracle of miracles that the infinite would become an infant is that it's always pointing to something. It's pointing about the victory over death. And Samson is just a foreshadowing of that. Because unlike Samson, three days later, Jesus was raised. Victory over death. Victory over the enemy. That's what this day is all about. And it was accomplished with a little infant because that infant happened to also be infinite. Let's pray. Father God, thank you Thank you for what you did for us. Thank you for what the Christmas season is about, what you came to accomplish. As to love us this deeply, help us not miss the story of your scripture and the parallels that draw us out to understand what you accomplished for us and why you did it. God, we love you, and I pray That this Christmas season, we see people come to the cross and recognize what Christmas is all about. The birth of a Savior who delivered us the greatest victory in his death because he would raise three days later. Merry Christmas. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.